0: Joining us on the program today, we have Chickasha Mayor Chris Mosley and new city manager Tyler Brooks. So, Mayor, thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks for having us, Good, good to have you on the show. And Tyler Brooks, brand new city manager, welcome to town.
1: Thank you very much. So, Excited to be here.
0: Happy to have you gentlemen on uh, the program and kind of give us a review of uh, what's been happening over the last few months. I think, Mayor, we've had you on a time or two uh, doing your stint as interim city manager and i notice you're smiling a little bit oh man my
2: life's a lot easier right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so it took a little bit longer than you wanted
2: to find uh, the new guy but it it looks like you've uh, made a pretty good choice it it did and you know honestly the council we're going to be very conservative on how we did the hiring practice and we didn't want to rush into anything and i was willing to sacrifice uh time um personal time to to make sure the city continued the operations while we went through that search process. I didn't want the city to suffer. Um, of course, I have a business, too, on the side, which made for some very, very long days. But it was it was too important to let it just fall apart. Right, But thankful you had a good staff. We did. Right at the office. The of- great staff in mm-hmm. my office and unbelievable staff at City Hall. Uh, I mean, boy, they were just wonderful to work with. And and I always made a comment, you know, everybody kind of needs to go through this so they can see what really – happens at city hall and you know you see on the council you know they're blessed with some information they can see but they don't see the day-to-day so i was able to translate that to them so the council is much more in tune what's going on with city hall uh, and they're much more willing to make the you know the painful changes you have to go through to improve the quality of life of the city and we're going to talk about some changes that we'll, residents and businesses will be experiencing
0: here uh, in the coming months uh, assuming the council gives approval to all that but uh, let's talk to tyler a little bit and uh, we've kind of heard a little bit about you so just tell us about uh, growing up in nebraska and uh, on the way to florida and the u.s army and our air force and and all that so Talk about uh, Nebraska first of all.
1: Okay, sure. Yeah, so I, I grew up in North Platte, Nebraska. Very similar town to Chickasha. Uh, it's it's a little bigger 20, 25,000. Um, but you know, there's there's no pro sports teams in the state. So college football is life. If you want to get grocery shopping done, you do it during a Nebraska game because there'll be nobody else in the store. You can you have the pick of anything. Right and uh so yeah grew up in nebraska um
0: and a husker fan obviously yep. right gotta be a husker fan in nebraska
1: that's right right but uh you know we you know husker fans we actually you know we, we love the sooners we love barry switzer we love that guy and you wouldn't think so we, you know everyone calls us rivals but it's very much a respected rivalry mm-hmm. so uh that's that's always a lot of fun i can't wait for oklahoma to come to lincoln next year should be a good
0: game no doubt about it all right so talk about your college uh, work and you actually studied city administration right
1: yeah so yeah. actually a bachelor's degree in meteorology um mm-hmm. i actually wanted to be a forecaster in the national weather service well, and you came
0: to a great place then right yeah, yeah you know <laughs> the first your undergrad
1: it was like our second night here we had a tornado warning yeah. and uh, you know <laughs> neighbors are all warning me about yeah. it they're like okay if this happens i'm like i i got it i know you know <laughs> and uh no they were looking out i really appreciated yeah. them so but uh yeah you know it was uh I graduated with my bachelor's right after the uh, recession, 2008. Um, and, you know, they, were, they weren't they were retiring at the pace that they expected because a lot of their savings had been reduced quite a bit. So it was hard to get a job when I graduated. So I looked at other majors, um, public administration and uh, city management specifically was something that popped up in an interest survey that I did. So I, I did a job shadow of two or three city managers, asked them questions, what they did, what they love about the job, what they hate about the job. How long was
0: that, the shadowing?
1: Uh, that, I just spent uh, one or about a day with with two or three mm-hmm. people and um, then I started doing some more research and I, I was like you know what I want to do this um, but I need a master's degree for this and I don't have money for this right now so uh-huh. I'm gonna go uh, all of my friends recommended all my friends that were military in the army or wherever else they all said you should go Air Force so uh, <laughs> there you go and so we so we went Air Force and uh, they selected me as an officer I commissioned got a lot of just state-of-the-art, the best training in the world to be a leader and um and i'm really fortunate for that so no military background in your family or anything uh, uh you know my dad he served three years in the army that was about it he actually uh, he came to my commissioning ceremony and uh he watched me he watched me take the oath and then after the oath uh, he came up to me and he was my first salute And that was a really special moment for me. So,
0: All right. Uh, So kind of go to the Air Force, and you get to do some traveling. You do some cool things with the Air Force.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, first station was actually at Offutt Air Force Base, which is back in Nebraska. So I went home first. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) You know, go see the world, and they they put me at home. (laughs) That's okay. We love Nebraska. But then, uh, you know, we've been to Alaska and Florida. Uh, I deployed to Kuwait twice, did some really cool things in Kuwait. Um, really good teams everywhere we go, and uh, working with some of the best technicians in the world. Um, man, just it's it was really uh, humbling to lead a lot of people that had been in for that long and and really good at what they do.
0: And talk about some of the technology you developed and how it was beneficial uh, for the U.S. and the allies over there.
1: Yeah, so um, when we were in Kuwait, we had some, uh, you know, we had some circuits over there. the backup circuits over there were. Mm, they were satellite communications, and those were just not very much bandwidth. It was really, uh, you know, if things went down, if our primary circuits went down, it was, uh, we lost a lot of capabilities. And so when I went out there as, uh, and became flight commander, we had a contractor who'd been out there for a really long time. He said, I've been telling people about this great idea, and nobody's listening. And so I said, all right, I'll hear it, you know. And, you know, usually if, if a lot of people have turned an idea down, there's probably a reason for it. Mm-hmm. But you know, as I listened to him, I was like, this is a good idea. And so I brought it up to leadership, and we established some relationships with uh, some of the local internet service providers. And we found a, a terrestrial line, a line in the ground that would give us a backup link that was not a satellite link uh, that would get us uh, back to where we needed to go. And there were, there were no other bases uh, out in that area that had a backup terrestrial link. And normally that's about a $15 million circuit and we got it free because we knew how it was how the contract was structured with the internet service provider um it was in their benefit to give that to us because if they ever went down the way the contract was structured they had to pay us money and so uh you know our our contractor he knew about this circuit and we brought it up we established a relationship we got it approved and you know if you just listen to some really smart people you can do some really good things and if you establish you know relationships with people you know you treat them respectfully and you know man that's that's what it's always about is relationships if you have good relationships you're gonna get a lot of stuff done
0: i think that's uh, one thing that uh mayor was mentioning uh about uh, your personality and your willingness to be cooperative and it's a group effort, group and, effort uh, yes You to- yes so when you got back to the states uh what did you do over the last uh, couple of years uh oh.
1: Yeah, so uh, the last couple of years, they um, they had a competitive process to select officers to to train ROTC cadets. Um, those are going to be the next generation of, of Air Force leaders. Um, and so they selected me, and I was able to go down to Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University down in Ta- Daytona Beach. It was the, uh, the largest detachment of Air Force cadets outside of the military service academies. And so we had about 450 cadets, um, and they... A lot of them were commissioning to become pilots because it's an aeronautical re- university, but a lot of engineers, some cyber guys, some weather guys, and gals. And, uh, and that's, that's what I've been doing. And this last summer, we were at Camp Shelby, Mississippi. Uh, in between their sophomore and junior year, that's when we evaluate them and say, okay, do they have potential to really do this? And we evaluate them on their leadership potential. And uh, we spent about 10 and a half weeks out there and that was my favorite part of the job was spending time with the cadets being the rotc instructor it's about 90 percent administrative work on the computer and only about 10 or 15 percent teaching the cadets but that 10 and a half weeks was all about evaluating and teaching them and mentoring them and that was a lot of fun talk about transitioning into civilian life and finding out about chickasha and
0: how did you find out about uh, the city manager post here
1: yeah so um you know when i when I knew hundred percent that it was, it was time for us to leave the military and make that transition. I finished my master's degree about 18 months ago and was finally looking for the right time and it was the right time. So I started looking at job advertisements, um, really in two areas. We were down in Florida and, and we loved it, Florida, you know, sunshine and beaches who doesn't like that. All right. right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we also wanted to be close to home and we've got family in Oklahoma in Nebraska and Missouri. Um, we're like, you know what, let's find the right spot that's close to home. And, uh, you know, we moved, four times in the eight and a half years we were in the military, and I'm like, we need to find somewhere that we're going to stay a while. Uh, we're so tired of moving. And uh, this was uh, one of those opportunities, and um, we came, and we loved it. And Did you see it in
0: a magazine or a headhunting firm get a hold of you, or how did that work out?
1: Yeah, so I, I had job alerts um, through SGR Jobs was, was one of the companies, mm-hmm. and I got that, and, and I, I opened it up. And uh, yeah, Strategic Government Resources, That's that's uh, that was the firm that that the city contracted with, and uh, I'm, I'm for, fortunately the mayor recommended that we bring our our spouses, that the candidates bring their spouses with us, uh, so that they would they would buy off on everything too, mm-hmm. because um, you know that's that's most important. My wife is right next to me making all these decisions, and we're going to stay somewhere for a while. She had zero almost zero input as to where we went over the last Mm -hmm. uh you know eight years in the air force and so i was really grateful that she was able to come stand by my side and make that decision with me
0: and uh, talk about your family uh, wife gail right
1: yep wife gail and uh i got five kiddos and um man they're you know honestly they're excited to be here too they a lot of people will well you know they'll ask us you know you were just in florida wasn't it great well yeah florida was great but we love it here it's we've only been here a couple weeks and we, we love being here. The people here love the city, and and I, I can't say enough good about it. Talk about your research then about, okay, here's Chickasha,
0: probably you called it. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I did when I first came here 100 years ago. But uh, what did you learn about it, and what interested you in the city?
1: Well, what interested me in the city was that uh, it was very similar to my hometown. Right. Uh, that, I think that's... you mentioned
0: it had 4th uh, Street is almost like the 4th Street in – north platte right or something yeah. like that yeah. yeah one of our our yeah. main
1: streets uh it's an east west road but uh yeah. yeah it's 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 the main road that comes in the highway uh highway 30 comes into to north platte but it turns into fourth street and yeah it's the main road through town and you know a lot of the downtown looks very similar a lot of the parks the the actual ge, geogra- excuse me the, the geographical area around here looks very similar uh to the hometown and yeah there's just it just felt like coming home, and that was really a confirmation to me. So, how did your
0: career in the Air Force get you ready for your first city manager job?
1: Yeah, so um, as a cyberspace officer, I was in charge of anywhere from eight to twelve department heads, and we had anywhere from seventy to two hundred and fifteen full time employees: uh, military, contractor, civilian, uh, a lot of different backgrounds, uh, cyber communications, public works type employees, um, you know, HR, finance. And so there's a, a pretty big analog between being a flight commander and being a city manager. And I recognized that. And uh, th- the military taught me how to lead people and manage resources. And, and that's important to, to, make that distinguish, to make that distinguishment. Uh, yeah, you manage people, but it's more important to lead people. And you manage the resources. So I had a lot of people, a lot of resources, and a lot of big dollar projects. And I was able to make a lot of relationships and learn how to do that. And I think that prepared me well. So, Chris, talk about the challenge with the city council hiring an
0: individual that has no city manager experience, so to speak, from an administrative uh, well, perspective. And, and that's what, yeah.
2: you know, we, we were talking about. We want to find the best person that have the best fit. And because um, the more I was in that position of interim city manager, I could, knew I could trust my department heads. You know they were doing their jobs they're doing exactly they're supposed to um you know if they had questions you know we'd work out a solution together or better yet is when we bring it to a staff meeting and then the staff would actually solve nine percent of the problems i mean they would just work really well together that's the first thing that i noticed so i'd relay that back to the council i said we need somebody that knows how to manage so that's the main thing we're looking for somebody that can manage people i said we have people that know how to build roads or work on water lines or, you know, we have pl- the police. We have the fire. Where they, they do all their jobs very well. So we just need somebody just kind of oversee the overall operations and move us forward. Uh, we had a change in the finance office in uh, June, brought in uh, a CPA who had worked uh, for the State Fair of Oklahoma for 16 years as their chief financial officer. So my accounting side, I felt very comfortable with that we were getting the right numbers and such being presented. So I was like, all we need now is management. And so when we were going through the process with SGR, um, we were going through all these resumes. Originally there were 21 applicants and they would help us uh, go through each one, trying to find the strongest candidates. And what Tyler doesn't know was his name was accidentally left off the ballot list and I caught it and I hand wrote his name in there and I sent it in and so he got picked up on the the phone interviews or the uh, the uh, uh, the webinars uh-huh. and so he was like one of the seven at that point and, and after that we all looked at each other going you know he presented himself so well in that, because, one, he, he was young enough to understand what a, you know, what a Zoom call was and he could actually function <laughs> in one and could operate the software and hardware. So um, we we immediately were drawn to that. And then when we had the in-person interviews, you know, we, we talked about the one thing he said. He said, we. He goes, and we were talking about solving problems. He said, we can do this. And he didn't know. It. He left the room. We all looked at each other. And that we all said, do you hear what we heard? And like, yeah, he said, we. And that was it. And I believe you were the first interview mm-hmm. and because uh, I was trying to set – and I planned it that way. I was going to let him set it, and I was going to see who bounced around it. But after you said we, I mean, it was – everybody else had Set much the bar high, high I yeah, guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it was – like I said, we weren't looking for necessarily tons and tons of management experience in a way of city manager because you can get that. You can acquire that over time. We wanted somebody that could work with people. And it had really strong people skills, and that was the main focus of everything.
0: And the city's got some departments
2: that have a lot of it. been here a long time. They know
0: yep. what's going on.
2: They've been doing uh, the so, jobs for a mm-hmm. long time. They understand their jobs. Uh, they just need guidance and direction at times, and or maybe setting with a priority. And that's going to come from Tyler at that point. All right. Talk about some things you found out from the city manager's
1: perspective
0: (laughs) that you really didn't know from the mayor's perspective. Well, I see we have 10
2: minutes left. So (laughs) really, that won't be adequate time to discuss some of the things.
0: Pick a a couple of
2: things, I guess. It it was um, sometimes, you know, you look at details and such and getting the right people in the right place. And we made some transitions uh, fairly early to – put the people in the right spots to really help us identify some crisis problems. Um, you know, two weeks into it, you know, January the 19th, is the day that assumed responsibility. And within two weeks we have sub zero temperatures, negative 17, everything's freezing the up. coldest weather in forever. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, there's no manual anywhere I'm trying to Google it. There's nothing that says anything about this. <laughs> and so it just, that's what I really started relying upon department heads and talking to them on a regular basis. And that's when I realized it's going to take me, you know, five or six hours a day to, to pull this off just to keep us kind of going. Um, but that's when I realized that these people in the department heads, they have a passion for the position. And so they want to excel. You just have to give them the authority to do it. Um, you know, I said, I'm never going always say I'm going to question a lot. It's not because I'm questioning you just because I'm just asking questions. Now, I've always done that. Um, my profession has me doing that. I always ask questions so I can figure it out. So I know how to get ahead of the curve a little bit. And so I would berate them with phone calls and questions all the time to the point where they question if I ever slept. Because they get <laughs> an email maybe in the middle of the night because, well, yeah. if I didn't send it then, I would stay awake thinking about it. And so – you start looking at the different issues. We had lots and lots of no maintenance, and that was just, you know, you always kind of hear about it. We had these problems, but until you really see everything just breaking and it comes down to just simple fixes or simple maintenance items that we should have been doing over the last decade and haven't, you know you got to jump on that and make some corrective action. You know, we're out at the sports complex, and they were talking about, you know, how dry the dirt was, and, and I was like, going oh, you know, can we just water it? And they said, no, our sprinkler system hadn't worked in like six or seven years. I'm like, so it turns out it was these pressure reduction valves had gone bad. Well, instead of like replacing it and trying to find the money for it, it was like, just don't do anything. Just let it deteriorate. Well, we're getting half a million people a year coming in that place. We need to like doll it up a little bit. And so we're finding the money. You know, you work with Public Works. They can do a lot of the work. So what they've done now is the Parks Department Got tired of waiting on Public Works because they're overburdened with projects. That when they did that, Public Works came and show, showed uh, Parks how to correct things. So now you have Parks that fixes their own problems. They're not having to wait on somebody. They may have to wait on a piece of equipment to be delivered to them by Public Works, but once they get it, they can do it. And so now they're fixing their own problems much faster. And so we've actually got you know we got water turned on to the uh, to the sports fields about three weeks ago yeah. which is like a, a monumentous yeah. a, a, the fire trucks were going out there to water yeah we did it. we, yeah. we uh, had a big tournament going on 100 teams out there <laughs> and the wind was blowing and I get a call from Little League anything you, you can do and they just got Mitch in the fire and I said you know normally I, I'd say no because I don't know the process of it but let me just call the fire chief and ask him. So I called Tony Seminiego and I said, "Hey, what do you think about?" And he goes, "We'd love to, sir." Next thing no, I got the brush truck out there, hosing down fields, where they're met with applause <laughs> by the parents. So it's just, you know, it's working together as a team is what Chickasha's done so well on on the with the administration side, and that's what I was so impressed with. But we just had so many deficiencies in just in lack of maintenance. So it's really become you know, take it to my heart that we've got to fix these problems. And I've been working with the council. Now we started having a, a pretty frequent work session since about May. And that is, I just want to inform them of what's going on, where we're going, because I have the details. And so before I make a comment about number or something like that, I immediately call my C, the CPA, make sure I'm right. My financial director, uh, Cindy Rogers, is this way? Am I thinking correctly on this? You say yes or no. If it's yes, then immediately I'm, I'm spreading. Yeah, information. There was out. a time that, um, there were
0: two work sessions a month. That's correct. You had uh, city council meeting one week, work session, work session the next week. City council meeting the next week. You see, maybe getting back to that, maybe right. or maybe one a month. Or uh,
2: we'll probably do. I'm going to say at least one a month for a mm-hmm. while, just because the council is they're asking for it. They're wanting to be engaged. They don't want to rubber stamp things. They will be engaged with the direction and the future of the city of Chickasha. And that is really something that our citizens should be proud of, that they've taken ownership and the responsibility of that job. Let's talk about the financial condition of the city.
0: And I know (laughs) a, a year or so ago... It seemed like it was in dire straits. It, it, you, well, made, you made
2: it through? We, well, we made it through because we still have money in the bank. Yeah, um, We're still not in a good cash position. We burned about a million and a half dollars in savings last year. Uh, so it wasn't as catastrophic as we thought it was going to be. But still, you shouldn't be losing money. We're required to keep – now, we have savings, and that's how we're able to survive. But we were supposed to carry a certain percentage. And we are not even, it's like, I believe, 18 to 40%. And we're only carrying about four. It's like a carryover to the it's next year. carryover next for the year. next year, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing it. And our own city charter mandates that we do. So we've got to, um, I'm not going to be like federal government, I can't raise my debt ceiling. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got to meet that number. And so we're looking at ways that we can meet that number. And one was, you know, there's been some water rate changes. And that is only so we can improve the system. Because you know we we know we got deficiencies there, we got some volume uh, issues there, we have some flow problems in the distribution of it. Um, That's where the valves are looking being replaced. But when you don't have your rates set high enough, and you have six point two million dollars in sales of water, trash, and sewer, and you end up losing forty thousand dollars, you know you can you can't afford to make your repairs. I mean, you're just barely getting by, and didn't depreciation get that and therefore like replacement of your your system, now you're losing a million seven. So we have to regain that million seven back. And that's just, you know, the one way through so rate increases. So
0: there have been some rate increases as yes. of 1st of July, about. They um, hit July yeah. 1, mm-hmm.
2: the, the base rate for Waterside. I can't remember what the sewer side was because, you know, the, you get two different numbers. Mm-hmm. The water went from $12.20 to $15, and that is for the first $2,000. Then you have your sewer, which would be right around the 15 and then you'll have uh, sanitation on top of that.
0: Now, you mentioned in your State of the City address the other day about uh, a possible meter fee that would be That's an great. extra charge. And talk about the reason for that and... What we, it could lead to hopefully in a couple, three years it if it's approved.
2: Really got brought, showed his ugly head during the, the, the cold snap. And we had water shut off at a certain tower, although we didn't know it. And the water's supposed to run in a circular pattern. You know, it flo- it, water yeah. in a pipe never stops moving. It continuously flows round and round. And when we were trying to, we had a tower go down on Country Club, which means we lost volume. And so we were moving valves to move water that direction. We never should have had to do that. And that, that, so when they, I met with David Buchanan and our public works director, and we started going through all the issues. He goes, yeah, we know we've got this many valves broken. an example, we had a six-inch line in one neighborhood that broke. And so we went to go change it. You know, you got to prepare that one spot. We need to shut the water off for that section. It took almost 10 valves before we got that section shut off. So now you're just instead of shutting off a block, you're shutting off like twelve blocks, and so I was like, "That's ridiculous that we can't do this." So now we're we've identified uh, multiple uh, pressure reduction valves that controls the flow of the wire in the towers, and just regular valves in an exercising program to make sure we can open and close. We can do the we have like certain sections of pipe which are totally dead, and we need to open those back up again. We need to identify those valves or shut them off, repair the broken pipe, and open it back up again. Um, it's just, you see all those. And so I had David start this process about March and we finally got all the numbers back. We're looking at about $801,000 in project. The problem is we don't have the the manpower and it's not, they're not able is we don't have enough. We can't do our regular stuff and these. So we're looking at hiring 10 more people. And the way That's you do
0: that is pardon, the way you hire the 10 new people. You get the money to... We get the money through the
2: the fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look to hire the 10 people to start buying materials, to start making these changes. And think we had like one valve that was broken forever on 20th and Grand. And I see it every day. And it was leaking. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure people, multiple people were calling in on it. And I was getting notified. Problem was, we couldn't get the parts. You know, it was an old, old valve. So you had to go back to a graphite-based packing and you know, with COVID and everything else, you just can't get stuff. So it takes a little while. A lot of and issues t- with supplies. Exactly. In
0: just about every segment of the yep. economy for sure. So uh, I know there's talk about maybe trying to sell some bonds to help. Uh, well, that, that's, some yeah, we've, or? we've got
2: to do, uh, right now we have the ARPA money, uh, the American recovery plan and with, that's a million four that we got and there'll be another million four next year. And that can be used for, uh, technology, and like your internet, your computer systems and such, water and sewer. And so we, we're looking, identifying, we have drainage uh, and use for the drainage. So we did, we completed that drainage study back in February of 21. And so we will be able to start picking projects out of that list that will fit into that 1.4 million. And then that will hopefully alleviate uh, other flooding problems. You pick your worst ones, correct them, that have the biggest impact. And hopefully that should make your your 10-year flood become a 20-year flood issue because you took care of the five-year flood plan Mm -hmm. if that make if I'm making sense on that yep Mm -hmm. so you you work on little projects like that to to push it out Uh, bond issues I mean you're talking until our water till we can pay for our own depreciation we in order to get a bond we have to have a revenue source we don't have a source for it sales tax isn't high enough water rates aren't high enough you can't even think about issuing a bond right unless you go to general obligation bond which is a property tax bond uh, which is property tax is nice because it's nice and steady; it doesn't fluctuate like a sales tax does. But if you can base it off your revenue source of your water system, well, you know how many meters you have, you know how many people have, you know how much water you're billing for. You, that's easy to control, right? And so, but but until we can match depreciation, we have no source of cash. So we're just going to stack all right right there well um good luck
0: that's all we can <laughs> say i know the, the, your reasoning is sane yeah uh but nobody likes to see their oh, rates no. go up but uh, i don't i mean i get it there's a reason for that and
2: hopefully people will uh understand that we're, so. we're just making up for years of mm-hmm. um low budgets and so maintenance got put off and now it's, it's
1: just time to pay all the viper
2: right. so see what you get into tyler <laughs> that's okay we've got like yeah. the mayor
1: said we've got we've got we've got People are way smarter than I am. Working, working in the city, department directors, technicians are very creative. They're very good at what they do. So, yeah, there's some, there's some big things to be fixed, but we can do it. So, talk about some. Have you been thinking about some things you like, maybe see done and
0: check and share? Is it still too early for that? Or, or? Uh, you
1: know, as, as I go around, as I dive into things, uh, I, I've got a few ideas. Um, haven't spoken with the mayor and the council about them yet, so I'll, I'll, I'll wait to to talk about oh, those tell things us for now. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we you know there, there's a few things that I've already seen that that we can we can do better, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we're gonna make it happen.
2: And Mayor, he's already bought him a fighting chick shirt. He did. So, yeah, I, I, I ate with him and Gail uh, on um, on Monday, right before they flew back to Florida. In fact, Tyler and his wife came in a day early, and so I have I before have been their interview. Th- before the interview, yeah, so they were coming on Friday. They came in on Thursday, and I get this call from Tyler. He goes, "Hey, we're in town, and there's some." um some hamburger place some onion hamburger place we're supposed to go to i said yeah the grill let's go so i I met him and gail there we sat on our stools and we talked about things and and um and that so then they went around and what i always told my kids i would know everything you do in Chickasha within 24 hours and so i knew tyler was out in town because i was getting phone calls which is exactly what you want to see. You want to see somebody that's really doing their homework and trying to investigate. And he's going around and seeing different department heads. He's seeing people involved with different organizations in in, in Chickasha. And so I was, I was excited to hear that type of noise. And so I offered him the job Saturday night. Um, he quickly took, took it, and I hung up for you, a chance to change <laughs> his mind. And then I'm, he, they changed our flight time to Monday. On Monday afternoon, I said, well, so I met with them for lunch, and they got there, and they've been busy shopping for their Chickasha Fighting Chick t-shirts. And so I was, knew we had the right person Very at good. that point.
0: All right. USAO t-shirt next. So There you yeah. go. Go drivers. <laughs> All right. Mayor Mosley, thanks for being Thank on you. the show. And uh, thanks for coming in today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Tyler, and look forward to many future conversations with you about uh, uh, the goings-on in the city of Chickasha.
1: Look forward to it.